Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit about them in just a bit. Uh, we got to talk NBA Draft Lottery, uh, Former Kentucky player has found a home. UK football has a new transfer. And the NCAA might let you guys have your video games back. Um, but I tell you what, Kyle, let's since we're recording here on Tuesday night, let's just kind of talk about what everybody's talking about in the sports world. The NBA draft lottery. Uh, it's going to have, obviously, a ton of impact on former Kentucky players because there's so many in the NBA. But I'm sure most people listening to this know New Orleans won it. So Zion is going to be a Pelican. What does this mean for Anthony Davis? <laughs> uh, it's, well, you know, Shams, uh, the Shams bombs from uh, The Athletic, um, one of my colleagues, he reported right after the uh, Pelicans got the number one pick and presumably Zion that it would be Zion's franchise to turn around because Anthony Davis's uh, desire to be traded has not changed. Um it's a little, I mean, it's not really surprising, but it's a, maybe a little bit because they've got a pretty good nucleus now if they're going to take uh, Zion. I mean, Anthony Davis, Julius Randle. Uh, um, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, that's who I was blanking on. And then uh, Zion, I mean, that's like, that's a pretty good four. And if you get, you know, if you go add one more guy in free agency, you know, and and now they're they're a more attractive team because they have you know Anthony Davis and Zion in that situation. I mean, aren't you set up better to win than yes. if you go to the Lakers or some of the other places, the Knicks? I mean, good God, those those places are going to be disasters. Yeah, I think the best thing the obvious well in the NBA players are most important. You're not winning anything of consequence without superstars. That's just you can't do it. Um, and now New Orleans has a new one coming in. And they also stabilized. They got a GM, you know. They had that weird setup, and I might get some of this just a little bit wrong, but uh, the way I was understanding it, there was a dude that was running both the Saints and the Pelicans. That's not going to work. <laughs> you can't run yeah. football. like. And, and so now they have uh, the former Cavs GM, uh, Griffin, and I think he's going to straighten that ship out a little bit, get them back on better footing, and... It's it's a weird situation because I guess ir- ironic is the way you kind of phrase it because all the talk pre-draft was if the Knicks get the number one pick, do they trade it for Anthony Davis? And now the Pelicans got it without having to trade anything. <laughs> they got both. Yeah, they got both. Um, it, you know, it'd be interesting. I've seen a lot of chatter that like, and LeBron tweeted like, I think he tweeted like number four sweet or something like that. Um, and I guess the, the theory is that the, the Lakers will pair the f- number four pick with a couple of their young guys, probably Brandon Ingram and somebody, maybe Kuzma, I don't know, um, or Alonzo Ball. I guess I guess the Pelicans need a point guard. Um, and send basically send the, the number four pick and a couple of young guys to New Orleans and end up with Anthony Davis anyway, which is what they wanted all along. Yeah. Um, I guess that's probably the most likely scenario. I don't I don't know. Um that that one's probably seems to make the most sense. Um, 
and the you know the Pelicans got their you know screw you moment over the Lakers one by winning the lottery, two you know earlier in the year by basically outing all the players that they were you know the Lakers were willing to part with to get Anthony Davis, causing all sorts of drama and discord and Magic Johnson walking away and all that. So um, I think the fu is fu portion of this transaction is over now. The Pelicans probably want to get as much as they can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're the Pelicans and you could get, and you, now you like, you've got your safety net for losing Anthony Davis, where you ha- where you really risk going into irrelevance. You're definitely not going to be irrelevant now with Zion. He's going to sell tickets. I mean, the, the video of the, the Pelicans ticket office celebrating after they got the number one pick was fantastic. They went nuts as they should. Um, so now, now if you've got Zion, you can, you know, stomach a little more parting with Anthony Davis. And then you could, you know, if you, if it's the Lakers and you add the number four pick and let's say it's Lonzo ball and, you know, one other good solid player. Um, now you still have a team, you know, now you still have a competitive group and it's be a good young group. You know, the most veteran dude, I guess would be Julius Randall. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of like that for the Pelicans. I mean, I think they'd. Ra- I mean, I think they'd much rather keep Davis and Zion together. But I don't. It doesn't sound like Anthony Davis wants to do that. Yeah, and much like in recruiting, <laughs> these things change all the time. Um, and I guess um, it's a little bit um, more rare for an NBA guy to kind of walk back a trade demand. Uh, but you know, crazier things happen. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, of note, Jonathan. Jonathan Gavoni of Drafts Express uh, via ESPN. I don't know how exactly what his title is. But anyway, um, he put out a quick uh, projection of the lottery, and he has P.J. Washington going to the Hornets, which I think is at 14. And so that, that would be, an, you know, that would be, I think Derek Terry was the first guy I ever I saw to, see, to tweet out this stat, that this would be the first time under John Calipari, Kentucky doesn't have a top 10 pick uh, but they would still have a lottery guy. Yeah, and it wouldn't. It still wouldn't shock me if if PJ snuck up to the top ten. I mean, just the fact that he's he's now kind of widely projected to get into the end of the lottery is pretty impressive. I mean, I mean, we're talking about a you know potentially f- roughly forty spot jump in a season for PJ Washington from where he was projected last year. Uh, Sam Vecini of the Athletic, my. Uh, friend and colleague he also has done a post lottery um mock draft and he it was uh, one thing i was going to mention if people were watching it was interesting they had the big three from duke zion rj and cam reddish on the front row there in attendance at the lottery and then second row was the big three from kentucky pj washington tyler hero and Keldon johnson um and that group uh, Sam Vecini has P.J. Washington going 13th to the Miami Heat, so he would be with Bam out of bio. That would be a super athletic pair of big dudes. Um, he's got um, Tyler Hero going 16 to the Orlando Magic and Keldon Johnson going 20th to the Boston Celtics. So, uh, you know, and th- the other thing about that is, like, yeah, you'd like to go higher, but those are all teams that, you know, are playoff teams or could be playoff teams. Uh, and so you you go into that situation where you can win. If you're you're talking about expressly about the Kentucky guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, if, I, if I'm Zion, I know he was disappointed not to end up in New York. 
Uh, L.A., I think you would have been a great spy. He's with LeBron. But, if I mean, if you're Zion and you go to New York, that's a lot on your shoulders. They suck. <laughs> and they have managed to screw up their franchise year after year after year for a while now. Um, I think not going to New York in and of itself is a win for him. Uh, it is going to be interesting. Our, our guy, Kyle Mann, has been making jokes about the only thing that could torpedo this guy is if he gets fat. And then tonight, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as this happened, he said, oh, no, Zion and New Orleans food. Uh, and, you know, I saw somebody else tweet, if I was 19 and in New Orleans, I would definitely, I think Mark Ennis uh, said, if I was 19 and living in New Orleans, I would definitely get fat. And, like, I mean, if I was right now living in New Orleans, I would get super fat. So, they, uh, they I mean, gonna... my sister lived uh, in basically the suburbs, like right outside for a year. And, like, yeah, that place food-wise is no joke. Like you can, I swear, everywhere you eat is just utterly delicious. It's in, you can pull to the side of the road and it can be just like this, the crappiest looking building you've ever seen in your life. And then you walk up and you get this styrofoam thing of food, and they're like, "Here you yep. go." And you take, I, take a bite, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah. So <laughs> I, every time that Kentucky plays in anything, or I, or like at LSU, instead of going flying into Baton Rouge, I try to fly into New Orleans and get a night or two there. It's my one of my favorite cities. I have fun fact. I have a Fleur de Lis tattooed on my back. Um, a what? A Fleur de Lis. The it's, a, it's the symbol of New Orleans. It's the, the Saints oh, okay. logo. The yeah, Saints yeah, yeah. thing. It's on their helmets. Uh, also used in Louisville. It's a French deal. Wee um, wee. Oui, oui. I'm a big a big New Orleans guy. But one one of those trips. How drunk here. were you when you got it? I wasn't. I was actually down there uh, after Katrina. Uh, I took 10 days off of work and went down and uh, with an organization called Hands On New Orleans and gutted houses and did a crazy bunch of crazy stuff to try to help people uh, in the poorer parts of New Orleans kind of get back to some, some sort of life. Um, and so a lot of us that were down there went one night in the middle of the trip and everybody got fleur-de-lis somewhere on their body. I just got a bigger one than most people. <laughs> um and then I probably was pretty intoxicated after that. But uh, what was my point? Oh, one of my trips into New Orleans, I was really sick when I landed. I had like a horrible cold. cold, And so I was like looking for a, just a some kind of grocery store to get some cold medicine. And out front of the grocery store was this little truck. Uh, and this dude was making Cajun food out of like the back of a pickup truck and selling it. And I got, like you said, like a white styrofoam container of like jambalaya and all kinds of, I can't even remember what I got. And it was some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life. That's, it was awesome. That's New Orleans. So. That is New Orleans. I did also find it. We're going to get, we got to get to some other news, but all the people who are like, well, you know, Zion's losing all kinds of marketability uh, by having to go to New Orleans. It's like. It, how well, how did New Orleans become like a like a rural city all of a sudden? I, yeah, it's really weird when people who live in New York and L.A. try to comment on the rest of the country. I, 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 well, I mean, there a, is, but there is no, no, a no. reason. There I is know. a reason why like these like guys want to get to L.A. And no, I know there, there is. I know there is, but in the modern world where we're all connected digitally, like I don't think Zion Star is going to be that much. Uh, duller because he's in New Orleans comparatively to being in New York. No, no, not really. I think it's more like you know, if you want to, like, all these players want to start their like in, become like moguls and empires. Well, wait own. a minute, doesn't I mean they got the uh, NCIS New Orleans going on down there with Scott <laughs> Bakula? Yeah, 
No, they're, they're, I think it's like all you know, like LA has all the and, and New York. Both both those cities have like a lot of agencies. They have a you know creative talent. If you you know if you want to get involved in the music industry, if you want to get involved in business, I don't think Zion's big. That Zion doesn't seem like that kind of guy at this point. Maybe I mean, neither, I, neither did LeBron when he came out. He was a but that's teenager. what I'm saying. He can move like into that later. So I don't think like his initial spot is as important. We're we're getting way sidetracked. We got other stuff to talk about. Um, including a guy who has found a home after he left Kentucky. Uh, but before that, I do want to tell you guys about La Rosa's. It's here. It's open. Richmond Road, uh, right beside the skyline. Uh, La Rosa's opened on Monday. Now you can get their delicious pizza, pasta, salads, all of those fantastic dishes uh, delivered. You can pick them up, or you can go check out their awesome dining room. Uh, check out LaRosa's.com. That's L-A-R-O-S-A-S. Uh, you can see the menu, see what everything they got. You can give them a call, 888-LA-ROSAS. Boom, super easy. You're not going to forget that. Um, and, you know, the, like I said, they'll get it delivered. You can go check out their dining room. I love their pizza. I love all their dishes. Uh, it's a Cincinnati thing, kind of like Skyline. Uh, we've been telling you about it for a while now here on Lockdown Kentucky, and they are officially open. So go check out La Rosa's over on Richmond Road. This is Locked On Kentucky. Your team every day. Jamaral Baker <laughs> is now, he well, he's still a wildcat, Kyle. Yep. Uh, <laughs> now it'll be Arizona's problem trying to figure out how to pronounce that name for a little bit. I'm, I hope I hope someone on like Arizona Sports Radio screws that up because that'd be funny to me. Um, but kind of a weird situation. He transfers from Kentucky and goes to another one of a, of a high, high major. Yeah, I you know I I still I still buy Jamal Baker long term, you know, and I, and I think he's going to be one of those dudes that, you know, I I feel like people are going to use the use him to uh, come at John Calipari in the future, <laughs> two seasons from now, and I mean because we've kind of talked about this, Kentucky could have a mass exodus, like basically an entire roster emptying. Uh, after this coming season, and so the 2021 season when Jamal Baker's eligible at Arizona, and maybe he gets a hardship waiver to play. I don't know because he's you know he could say need to be closer to home. But uh, assuming he plays in 2021, um, if he's any good at all, and I think he will be, I think he'll be a solid player. I mean, he was. You pointed out we were texting earlier, like he was a key reason they won the Wofford game in a very tight second round NCAA tournament game. Um, he was more off than he was on, but he had moments where you could see what he could become. And, and as a guy that was dealing with a knee injury for a year and a half, you kind of understand some rust. I think he's going to be pretty good. And I, I think he'll be good for Arizona. Kentucky will probably end up in a situation where they're totally rebuilt and struggling some in 2021. And people will say, John Calipari should have done more to talk this guy into staying, but I, I'm not sure he could have. Yeah, because I think I do think the homesickness thing was just a a thing he wasn't going to be able to overcome. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a situation where um, a lot of times, uh, you know, he's been Calipari's been criticized for not being able to keep guys around, but when you're dealing with a guy who's from the West Coast, that just adds another layer to this whole thing, and it's probably a big reason why you know he he was able to keep Derek Willis uh, through four seasons, even though Willis would have gotten a ton more playing time at other colleges. And, I mean, those were those were rumors every offseason that Derek Willis was on the Kentucky roster. Uh, and with this situation with uh, Baker, 
it's basically, you know, you, you, you don't have anybody close to kind of reassure you. So him and Kyle, you have wrote the story about him and those stories have been well documented about him and his father's relationship, uh, working so hard together and working out together in those early mornings. Uh, so you completely understand him wanting to get uh, closer to his family and Arizona. You know, they've been in the news a ton, but I think, I don't know, because Memphis just got a couple signees that they might have been knocked back. But at worst, they're a top five recruiting class. So you would imagine some of the go- those guys might stick around through Baker's redshirt season. And you're in a situation where you're on a really good team with a coach who has had a lot of success, even though he hasn't made a Final Four. Uh, so we'll see where that ends up. I did just real quick. Obviously, I feel like we're talking about this every podcast. Kyle, uh, Jaden McDaniel's. I don't think we mentioned it on the last one. Uh, Evan Evan Daniels changed his pick to Foggy, and uh, now there seems to be a little bit more uncertainty uh, with McDaniel's about where he'll end up. It sounds like it's basically just a two horse race between Kentucky and Washington, as we we talked about before. Um, but that's where we are at that point with that. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I think it's possible that Kentucky would have preferred to keep that under wraps that they were making a move because it's tough to pull pull a kid out of home home territory, especially from that far away. Um, but once it got out there that some experts, including Evan Daniels, had you know switched their pick and the buzz was building up to the point that uh, it wasn't going to stay under wraps and it didn't stay under wraps. Um, I I was actually kind of sitting on it a little bit because I don't think that they wanted that out there, but um, you know it became it got to the point where everyone was talking about it and and then I you know I told, as you know we, I talked to his trainer and he was very pro Kentucky in those comments um, and I think maybe that obviously in that situation you sort of tip off uh, the home school and, and mm-hmm. if you're Washington. Uh, you know, you know, you can't let guys like that leave if you want to become a contender. And so I'm sure they made a big push to keep him. So, um, now who knows? I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if that change, I don't have any real Intel, new Intel. I don't know if that change is. Well, the one thing I, I, I mean, from like a rumor standpoint, it was out there and it was tweeted, I don't know, by the account that he signed a letter of intent, um, that was shot down, I think, by by McDaniel's himself via uh, Evan Daniels, uh, and those two guys seem to have a really close relationship. I mean, is, are are we sure like Evan's full name isn't Evan McDaniel's because <laughs> he's getting all the scoop? Uh, but no, he had not signed a, a letter of intent. And as you're listening to this on Wednesday, most likely that this is the last day to sign a letter of intent. But just because a guy doesn't doesn't mean much of anything. You can obviously sign the financial aid papers, or I guess just enroll. I don't know all the all the things that happened, but if you recall, I think it was who Brandon Knight never signed any and the letter of intent. So this is done before. Yeah, and, and I, if you follow his trainer uh, Cartier French Tony on Twitter, which is like the the, the name of the year and personal trainers for sure, um, he's like made mention of it before that like that's his advice to people is like not to not to sign. Uh, actual letters of intent, but rather to sign uh, the grant and aid or whatever they are, non-binding mm-hmm. uh, situation. And I, you know, I think it's smart for the player on the player's behalf. So I have no issue with it. 
I completely agree. Uh, coming up next, UK football transfer news. This is uh, coming into the program. Uh, plus, the NCAA is now open to something a lot of people thought would never happen. You are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Kentucky football, um, big, big news for them. They got Sawyer Smith, the grad transfer from Troy, who has two years of eligibility left, Kyle, seems to be able to fill a role that they desperately needed, a guy who has college football experience um, as a backup quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine getting a better <laughs> a better guy, you know, that you're adding to your team at this stage in the game. I mean, I really, I really can't think of a situation where you you could come up with a better, you know, more capable backup quarterback and a guy that could step in if, if for any reason, you know, um, you know, he threw for sixteen, almost seventeen hundred yards last year, fourteen touchdowns, six interceptions, ran for one hundred ninety one yards and a touchdown. Uh, he didn't really become the quarterback. I don't know the story on it. I haven't dug in a ton on him. But it, in the first you know, two, three, four, five games, he never attempted more than seven passes. So he wasn't the primary quarterback. There's another guy that threw for about 1,000 yards last year. But from from that point on, uh, he took over and they went uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and two with him as the primary quarterback, uh, including their bowl game uh, win. Um, he threw for 320 t- yards and four touchdowns with no picks in their bowl game. Um, he had he wasn't the primary quarterback in their win over Nebraska at Nebraska, but he had a 57-yard run in that game, so he can run it a little bit. Um, he also had a 63-yard run uh, in another game during the season. Uh, threw for, let's see, 287 in a game, 317, and 320. So he had a he had three games of pretty prolific uh, passing for a team that won, won 10 games and won a bowl game. I mean, that that is – I just – I can't get over the fact that like that a guy like that would – I don't know what the situation is at Troy, but like the well, fact that he would – I mean, obviously he lost his coach. I'm guessing that's a huge factor in all of it. And uh, we mentioned this before with the Bo Allen. Um, Kentucky hired uh, the, the former – Former staffer at West Virginia, well, he was like a staffer for 15 minutes, uh, but he was with Neil Brown at Troy and then moved to West Virginia and then Kentucky hired him. He was integral in getting Bo Allen. So that was uh, Sawyer. Uh, I was reading Derek Terry's Q&A with him. Uh, let me find it real quick. Mark Perry. Yeah, Mark Perry is a quality control rolling role assistant with the quarterbacks. Uh, so that's a guy who's he's probably comfortable with and he's, he's going to be working with a lot. So yeah, it's just, it's just odd to me though that you leave a program. I was I, presumably you would be the starter again next season. You're only a sophomore to come be a backup. But I mean, it's great. It's great for Kentucky. Six three, two nineteen, good size quarterback. Uh, got good credentials. I mean, uh, I don't know because Terry Wilson is in the same class as him, and I don't. I don't think anybody is thinking of Terry Wilson as a guy who's going to leave. You know, for the NFL early. So. I don't know. I'm 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 curious, like what the thought process was for Sawyer Smith, but it's it's a huge, huge addition for on from Kentucky's end. I mean, you just couldn't. I don't think you could do better than that. No. And frankly, I think they'd probably take him over Gunnar Hoke. 
if they were if they lined them up and they had truth serum, which one they would want to take? Because this dude's way more proven in college football than Gunnar Hoke is. Yeah, that's definitely true when you just look at the stats. So, but you know, we'll be able to find some of these answers uh, when we get to talk to him when he gets on campus. So, stay tuned for that. All right, we're gonna wrap uh, with this story. Um, the NCAA has a committee that is going to look at basically college athletes being able to profit off their likeness. Kyle, when you read that headline, did it kind of shock you? Uh, no, because it's kind of comes with some caveats that make me a little skeptical of how, you know, how much they're really, uh, this seems like dipping their toe in. And a lot of this is like, to me, uh, a move to say like, please stop like fighting for your rights. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you a little, we'll, 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 you know, scratch your back here. If you'll just stop fighting for your rights players. Um, you know, I think they, I think they know that they've got to give some ground. Because you know the 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 jig is up on the idea of of true amateurism. I think we all know that's BS. That the, you know that the NCAA is running a mega billion dollar corporation, and everybody, all the old white men are getting rich, and and all the you know predominantly young black men who are the labor force are getting screwed in comparison. And at some point, you know, you just can't <laughs> keep doing that without running into some major issues. And they've already been sued in multiple times in multiple ways, and I, I, to me, this just feels like a little pat on the head. Like here's a here's a crumb for you if you'll just uh, slow your roll on coming after us. And you know, it, it's got some language in it in this committee about you know, tied. What is it like tethered to education uh, was the word, and so you know that sounds like to me like. We'll set aside a pool of money for name, image, and likeness, likeness profits for these players uh, that we'll put in some account, but we'll hold it hostage, and they have to graduate college to get it. Like that won't shock me at all, and that isn't that much progress if that's what it is, because they shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I sometimes give probably the NCAA a little bit too much credit, but at least they're trying. I mean, I know as you just laid out, it might not be much of anything, but it's something. And once that <laughs> door, doing it with a gun to their head. Well, that's I mean, what I'm saying, though. But like, once this door is cracked, yeah, I'm glad they're at least cracking it. It's what, a big deal. Whatever yeah. their motivation, it is a big deal that they're at least moving in that direction. And if and like, look, let's get to what really matters. If we can get back our NCAA football video game uh, because of this, then I am all for it. Yeah, that was the uh, someone was, was. I think it was. Your boy Andy Staples was was tweeting about that, and he was. They were, you know, they were taking they were taking the football way down the road. Basically, it was in a conversation of, well, if they're using current players, Trevor Lawrence makes, you know, whatever hundred thousand dollars from car dealerships to endorse something. Like, what does the backup punter say? Like, you know, how how does that get balanced out? And it'll be like, well, the EA Sports people will say, hey, can we use your likeness if we give you a video game? And it'll be like, yep. <laughs> and so then yeah. you know you know those those things would would kind of work themselves out but uh it's interesting and i think it is a step in the right directions i am kind of intrigued on what the parameters are uh but i i think over like overall it's good it might not be as good as we would all like it but at least it's yeah. something but you know it's you progress. say that a lot you say that a lot in the NCAA and 
I mean, things get better. The NCAA is just so freaking slow. That's what's frustrating, I think, more than anything in a lot of the instances because it's so clear to so many people what they need to change, but they want to just continually drag their feet. And as you said earlier, Kyle, it's because there are so many people making so much money off the whole deal. Okay, I think we've covered it all that we, we needed to today. Uh, so be sure to be following along with us on social media, uh, at LockedOnUK on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Kyle. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can hear me weeknights 6 to 8 p.m. on Big Blue Insider on 630 WLAP. You can read Kyle's work on The Athletic. Uh, thanks again to La Rosa's for sponsoring this edition of the show. Uh, please rate, please review, please subscribe. All those things really help. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Perimeters. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's not parameters. Oh, parameters? Parameters. <laughs> parameters. I, I was typing it in my mind. I saw the word. Anyway, the parameters, parameters. I am interested to see what the